Hey, Win Nation, producer Mark here. Rate, review, and win. You might be asking yourself, what does that mean, producer Mark? Well, I'll tell you. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and rate the show. Give us like a five-star rating. That'd be sweet. Review. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and review the show. Leave us a quick note saying hi or or tell us that you've been listening to the show and you really enjoy it. We love hearing from you guys. And then three, win. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Rate, review, and then you have a chance to win some sweet swag. We are giving away some Start With a Win t-shirts. And if you want to win one of those t-shirts, you may have seen Adam Contos wearing one of those sweet t-shirts or myself on the show. You can win by rating and reviewing the show. So go online, rate, review the show, and get entered to win some sweet swag. Talk to you soon. Every day is filled with choices. You're here because you're choosing to start with a win. Get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and connect with the Win Nation. And coming to you, not from top of the 12th floor Remax World Headquarters, but from the bunker at Fort Contos, it's Adam Contos, CEO here with Start With a Win, producer Mark on the virtual studio here. How you doing, buddy? So good. All right. Well, that's all you got to say, right? And, that's right. And then we're good. That's it. We're in. I'm, I'm excited for today's interview, as always. Uh, I mean, you know. This is, this is awesome. I'm going to jump right into it then, yes. Mark. So Let's I'll catch it. you on the other side, my friend. Sounds good. All right. So today's show, we have a great friend of ours, Clint Bruce, former NFL player turned Navy SEAL, decorated athlete inducted into the Navy Football Hall of Fame, Navy Special Warfare Officer, graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, and co-founder and CEO of TRG Ventures. I mean, this guy is amazing, works with veterans, uh, founder and speaker, head fast veteran-led speaker bureau, and even goes out and rescues people. So within 48 hours of Hurricane Katrina, he helped assemble 10 former Special Forces soldiers to extract 600 New Orleans inhabitants. So please help me welcome today, Clint Bruce. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm great. It's, it's good to be on the phone with you guys, on a video with you guys. So I, I'm excited to be here. Just our quick preamble before we talk made me even more excited to, to, to get some time with you. Yeah. I mean, understand your pedigree, your, you know, your background in the, in the Marine Corps and then obviously in law enforcement. Now uh, you just kind of know where the X is and how to get there regardless of what you're doing. That's it, my brother. I mean, you know, it's you got a lot of uh, mindset share going on here, and and we had a lot of a lot of great discussion before we hit record. Um, I mean, you've you've got some uh, SWAT officers in in your facility there yeah, right now. You might hear them in the background. You hear a bunch of bangs and all that stuff. It's just freedom. That's just what freedom sounds like. <laughs> I love it. So. Um, you, you speak about the five gifts of elite achievers, um, you know, and, and, and you got to that through your background because, you know, there's a lot of self-discovery that goes on in elite operators. Uh, and I, 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 want, I want to step back and get into your backstory. This is super interesting how you were at the, the Navy Academy and then you, you know, the Navy SEALs are like, yeah, we, you know, yeah, this is great. You can go play NFL football. Um, tell us about your background. Yeah, and, yeah and, it's kind of, it's kind of Forrest Gumpian, really. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's got like this, this persistent desire to stumble upwards, right? Um, Someone asked me the other day why I'd, why I'd chosen to become a Navy SEAL, and I'd always just kind of had this sense that that's what I wanted to do, and it influenced a lot of my decisions. Um, and, and during this kind of recent 
dynamic season we're having as a nation. Uh, my daughter, I have three daughters, and my oldest came to me, she goes, Dad, you want to watch Magnum P.I.? I'm like, absolutely. And she turned on the new one. I'm like, oh, stop. That's not Magnum P.I. We're not watching that. And so I took her back to the 1980s. And, and, that, and that story is actually, the, the show is pretty amazing. It was one of the first shows that positively represented Vietnam veterans. It's one of the first shows that um, co-equaled and even celebrated a, a co-star of color with TC, being a, an entrepreneur, being a pilot, and being someone who consistently bailed Magnum out. I mean, TC was saving Magnum more than Magnum was ever saving anybody else. And they both had to save Rick all the time. And there was this, we were watching the, 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 the movie, I mean, the show, and there's this one episode where they kind of reveal that Thomas Magnum, the character, had played football at the Naval Academy and had become a Navy SEAL. And I remember being this chunky little fifth grader in Little Rock, Arkansas, on a Thursday night, and I just remember casually turning, looking at my father and going, hey, Dad, I want to play football at the Naval Academy and be a Navy SEAL. And he was like, Okay. So I was like, that's that was the, kind of the genesis of all these other things, and I kind of and I kind of just made a lot of decisions after that based on, hey, does this help me do what I told my father I do or not, right? And so I had an opportunity, was part of a really good program here in Dallas, and had some amazing coaches and incredible teammates, and I have this habit of surround myself with brilliance and just kind of blend in, like don't buy it back once somebody thinks you're smart. And uh, we, we were pretty successful. My my father passed away my senior year. And I remember one of the things he and I talked about before he passed away was he said, son, you, you have to make a 40-year decision and not a four-year decision. And um, as the oldest son, and, and I'd always loved the Army-Navy game. The Army-Navy game had always been something special, very significant for my family. And I I got interviewed a few years ago, I think it was by CBS or ESPN or something. And they asked me what I thought the greatest rivalry in all of football was. And I, I said, well, what do you think? And they listed all these names, these games that you would expect. And, and I love those games. I said, listen, I love those games. Those are amazing games. <clears throat> but Army-Navy stands apart. And they go, why? I said, well, you show me another game where everybody playing is willing to die for everybody watching. And I'll tell you that we have company. And um, and I just wanted to be a part of that. So so, so went to the Naval Academy, had a successful career there. I had, I had incredible teammates. And, you know, when you're playing a service academy, you know, Chad Hennings and, and, and some, some of us were talking about this. Like a lot of the metaphors that you use in, in competitive sports, they become very real at service academies. Like play like your life depends on it. Play like the guys the next year, life depends on it. And, and we know in our world that there's a very – strong possibility that's going to be true. So I'm incredibly grateful for the Naval Academy experience. And then um, was actually given an opportunity to play for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, no one knows that because I play the same position as Ray Lewis. He's pretty good. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Talk about some a, competition. I remember, was a, I remember was a, Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think he thought so. Uh, I, I remember being at practice one day going, man, it might become it might be easier to become a, a SEAL than to beat out Ray. And I had been I've been afforded an opportunity by Annapolis. I was very, very honored to be selected for one of 16 billets uh, post commissioning. And, and I just remember being and I love the game, but, but I also remember at practice one time going, man, the game has taught me so much. And I think I've given myself fully to the game and I don't know if I can do that. So I got to go where I don't know. And, and I wanted to steward that selection from the Naval Academy, and I wanted to do what I told my dad I could do. So I left, uh, w- went through training in, in class 217 and made it, checked in SEAL Team 5. And this was pre-9-11. And uh, the Saints had given me an opportunity to come back out. So I went back out to the Saints and, and, and was there for a few weeks. And, man, just remember everything I loved about the game I found in spades in military service. And this isn't – diminishing uh, pro sports or, or the game at all. It's just it's just saying a hyper-acute uh, 
experience of all that you love is found over here. And and so for me, it was very easy to leave and, and go back to the special operations community and did did multiple deployments pre and post 9-11. And then um, I just kind of done everything I could do as an officer or that I was good at or, or that involved being around the guys. And they're like, hey, give us your gun and here's a laptop. And I'm like, I don't type well. Like, this is going to go poorly. And um, my bride had had our first daughter and and, and I felt like it was time to come home and begin to try to take in everything that the ball field and the battlefield had taught me and, and, and deployed on behalf of my family who uh, just, you know, I needed to come home and help leave my family and uh, my, my brother, my sister, my mom. And they just fell in love with starting businesses. I, I fell in love with starting, not, not the mechanics of starting businesses. I've, I've always loved the meritocracy. I've always loved going, hey, wh- who do I want to be around? What do they need that I know how to do? And how do I earn audience with that type of person so I can learn from them what it is I, I want to learn? So, like, if, I, if I've done something you don't know how to do, it makes me feel less insecure when I ask you the dumb question. I've earned the right to ask you the dumb question by doing something I know how to do that you needed. So the, the kind of the mathematical clarity of the meritocracy has always made sense to me. And I, and I knew who I wanted to be around. My, my gift as an athlete was finding amazing linebackers and, and taking a percentage of what they know how to do and, and making it my own. And and then the same thing in business. So for me, it's always been um, a, a capture strategy. And also, I've been very spoiled. I've been very spoiled in, in, the, in the military and as an athlete to just be around great leadership. And so I just knew that the, the way to surround myself with great leadership was to find ways to provide value to these leaders and earn audience and my place at the table. And, and, and now to be able to do that and create opportunities for other veterans as they transition and, and um, the, the current, you know, protectors and rescuers with some of our infrastructure now, it's really, it's really neat. It's really a lot of fun. It's a wow. great honor. Well, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for your, your service to our country and, and to freedom in and of itself. And, uh, and that sacrifice that you make and, and that your, uh, your team has made on a daily basis and continues Thanks to Thanks to you and the viewers for being worth it. You know, that's, that's the thing is you, you, you're over there and you go, man, I hope these people are worth it. And then you come home and you find these great leaders doing the best they can where they are for who they know and who they don't know. And that is by every measure worth it. So it's, it's, it, you know, it, it takes a nation. I love it. I love it. And, um, you know, I know Win Nation, our, our listeners are so grateful as well. We have a lot of people around the world who appreciate the freedom that uh, that has been bought and paid for by people like yourself. So, um, and, and I love, you said a few things that really struck me. You know, you as, as a warrior, you leave the battle on the battlefield, but you bring those principles of problem solving, of understanding, of, you know, uh, reflection, things like that. And and the willingness to be vulnerable and fail back yeah. with you. Um, you know, you, you mentioned a few things like that throughout your conversation. What what does it mean to you when it comes to failure? And how can we, you know, how can we make that a learning experience as opposed to Yeah, and I love that question. So so for me, I, I kind of have these four terrains, right? So you have the ball field, the battlefield, the boardroom, and the breakfast table. And, 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 and there's a, a kind of a nautical saying that, hey, rising tides raise all boats. And so for me, my, my desire is to kind of incrementally and, and forevermore just raise the tide on the ball foot, on the battlefield, on the boardroom, and the breakfast table. And so if I have great success in the boardroom at the expense of the breakfast table where I'm trying to build, lead, and love my family, have I, have I really won, right? 
And so those maps have given me experiences that I can export into the terrain that I'm on now, which is really largely the boardroom and the breakfast table as I, as I get to lead businesses and, 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 and build this amazing family. And for me, I, I kind of lost my fear of failure a long time ago. And I tell people, hey, when you lose your fear of failure, you can become a very dangerous version of yourself. And, and, and dangerous in all the good ways, right? And I think in a lot of ways we've been told and sold that there's this X on a map and we get to it and everything's great. And I just kind of reject that. I, I, I think there's X's on a map. I think that there's a map and there's X's on it and there's people you choose to adventure with to these X's. And, 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 and that is really life. And when you unshackle yourself from the expectation of perfection, you begin to see the world clearly and yourself fairly. For me, I think also, and you experience this too as, as both a Marine and a, and, a, and a peace officer, there's an expectation of failure in the progression of becoming better at your job. That's why our facility is called the Ready Lab. We call it the Ready Lab because you can't learn if you can't fail. So how do you learn to do the things you never want to fail at in real life? Well, a lab is an environment where uh, program failure. Um, so, so for me, I just... Like when I talk about curiosity, we, we talk about the five gifts of elite achievers. And, and I'm jabbing at the word gift because it's not a gift. It's not, it's a discipline. It's a decision, right? And so to frame that, I, what I try to tell people, and I'm very fortunate, I get to go all over the United States and kind of share this thing that I've learned along the way. And what I say is like, hey, there's really five outcomes. We're either bad, average, good, excellent, or elite. And I don't care what people do. I just care very deeply about how, how good they want to be, that the things they say are important to them. So when it's our passion or profession, I would submit to you that we should only be okay with somewhere between excellent and elite on this continuum of outcomes. And for me, the difference between excellent and elite is simply this, is are you done or you're not done? You need to get the X and do you hug and you high five and celebrate? We should. We have to rest. We have to recover. We have to revel. We have to celebrate. But after that, we have a choice. Do we reload or do we relax? And I've always wanted to be around people who have a habit of reloading to get restless on the X and they find some ridge line. They go, hey, what's that? Who wants to go there? And there's a, there's a story I tell. And, and for the sake of time, I'll, 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 I won't share the whole thing, but I will tell you, um, I was incredibly blessed to be around a senior enlisted throughout my career that were very epic. And, and for those who don't know much about the military, the enlisted is where a tremendous amount of the talent and ability in the United States military reside. And if the enlisted are the backbone, the senior enlisted are the spinal cord, the master chiefs, the guns, the first sergeants, right? And we had this pretty successful operation. I looked at my chief and I said, hey, chief, my chief was amazing. He played football at Fresno State. He'd been in the SEAL teams for 18 years. He actually was one put me through hell week when I was a, a candidate. And, and I said, hey, chief, the boys were excellent and we had to do something for him. And I'll never read this. He stopped dead in his tracks and he turned and he looked at me and he said, hey, sir, the reward for excellence is no punishment. I'm not here to be excellent. I'm here to be elite. I'm not done yet. And when I lost my father, I just started, I think a lot of life comes down to who you choose to chase and, and, and being honest with yourself and what your life's going to look like if you catch him. So I've tended to chase the right people. And there, and there were men and there were women and there were business people and there were athletes and there were warriors and there were parents. And, and I just took percentages of what I saw them doing and tried to build it into my own life. And there's tremendous diversity in who these people were. Um, but all of a sudden they had this thread of continuity in all of them. And it was simply this, is they weren't done yet. They, they, they found a way to reload. They were, they were super intentional with their time. 
And, and I wrote this down. I said, well, what are they not done doing? Well, they're not done being balanced, curious, tribal, intentional, and authentic. And balance is having high ground for hard days, right? Because if you're doing anything hard, it's going to be hard. This high ground, these, these faith, family, and friends, and, and, and kind of people and passion and purpose, like those places remind you who you are, what you're about, and why you started doing it in the first place, right? And then curiosity, um, for me, curiosity is courage. Curiosity is a co-equal and precursor to physical courage. Because um, if we're honest with ourselves, the only reason we don't, or I'll just speak for myself, 46 years old, been fortunate in a lot of different ways and to this day I have a knot in the pit of my stomach when I have a question because I'm afraid I'm afraid of people will think what they find out I don't know and I'm or I'm afraid of the answer right well that's the definition of courage is action in the face of fear so when you see curious people you are in the presence of courage curiosity is a creator it's a it's a catalyst and it's a complacency killer uh, tribalism is kind of what you're doing right now. Uh, tribes know they need something more than themselves, doing things bigger than themselves, and they always want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. At least they're intentional. Uh, they, they always know why they're doing what they're doing. They're not accidentally anywhere. They may be wrong, but they're not wandering. And elites are authentic, and they preach from their pain, and they share their scars. And so f f for me, it is... Uh, I look at these things, they're not linear, they're not sequential. It's like five lanes on the road I said I want to go to. And at any given time, one of those could be more than the other, but I got to know where the other lanes are because sometimes life throws you something and you got to switch lanes really quickly. And, and so I just have been blessed to have learned a lot from a lot of people and try to create a framework that allows me to um, remember those things well. Uh, one of the things we said earlier is, you know, you don't rise to the occasion, you sink the level of your training. And so how do I categorize these things that were powerful life lessons taught by me about valorous men and women when I need them most? And then how do I distribute that knowledge to, to my girls and my friends and these people I get to live life with? And, and um, so those gifts, I mean, then those aren't gifts at all, right? Those are decisions, right? As a matter of fact, I think talent, there's a inflection point where talent, you know, for me, talent can kick the can of diversity down the road far enough to where you're not familiar with discomfort, right? And I saw this in the NFL and I saw this in the SEAL teams. I, I tell my daughters this. I said, hey, the body, the brain, and the mind all have a vote. And if you're not used to adversity, what's going to happen is the body and the brain are just going to take over. Like they are just going to survive. And it's like, a, it's like a really bad open mic night at a rough roadhouse. Like the body and the brain are going to grab that mic and they're going to start talking. Just And you got to have a mind that can just reach down and grab the mic and go, no, no. We're gonna find. We're gonna be fine. We're gonna make it. And 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 I've just tried to take real good notes because I know I'm lucky to be there most of the time. Yeah, everybody's going through some interesting challenges right now Everybody. in life. Uh, some self-imposed, some societal-imposed, some sure. you know, other forces that they're they're struggling with. But everybody, it seems, is is dealing with some struggles that are that are new to them. You take the. You know the experiences that you've had in the leadership training and and, and combat experience and, and teamwork and things like that. What advice do you have for business leaders right now? Yeah, so so I mean, what you're doing right now, I think, is amazing. So w one of the things that I always tell people is like, when it comes to being intentional, you you, you always got to remember why you're there because the what's are many, and, and the what's are the heel biters, man. The what's are the one more, one more rep, one more call, one one more. Um, mile one more minute and we know why we're doing something the what stays small because they're able to reconcile remember the, the in our terminology we have this thing called commander's intent 
And commander is intent is the one thing you don't forget and you reconcile all adjustments accordingly to. And when leaders can remember themselves why they started this in the first place and remind their teammates why they started doing this, then the what's kind of take, they don't go away. They're not invisible. They just don't become the dominant domain of risk. And, and the other thing that people do is I think leaders stay curious, man. Like, like for me, I get to do a lot of elite athletes and, and I remember I was talking to this one extraordinary athlete the other day. I said, hey, you don't ask a lot of questions. And so here's what that tells me. That tells me you're perfect or you're done. And you can't be perfect, so now you're a liar or you're lazy. Which one is it, right? And so fostering curiosity, um, being curious about our people in a way that we maybe never have, and then having that clarity of, of cause, those are the things. That's that Cardinal North. That's that Red Star Cluster that kind of remembers where you are and where you're supposed to be going. And and I think it's on a leader. We we, we we have to set pace in that in some ways. And it's hard. I mean, being a leader is hard. That's why we rotate people out of command in the military because we know it carries a weight beyond its role. If, if you really mean it, if you really care about your people, being in command is a half second on this. Um we talk about leadership. I'm, I'm really intentional when I talk about this. I said, listen, when I talk about leadership, I, I want to define leadership. And for the time that we're together, please use my definition. Because sometimes when I talk about leadership, people who don't think they're a leader stop listening because they associate leadership with positional authority. But fundamentally for me, leading is an action. If you're driving, you're a driver. If you're swimming, you're a swimmer. If you're flying, you're a flyer. I mean, we're defined by what we do. And I define leading as being looked to in a particular moment to make a decision or perform an action based on your unique gifts and abilities. So fundamental leading is action. And, and everybody's a leader. Everybody wears the weight. Then you have positional authority, which is action plus oversight and resourcing, right? So you're going to be doing stuff or you're going to be resourcing or overseeing other. Then you have command. Command is really interesting because command's probably the least about action. And it's the most about oversight, resourcing, and accountability. And it doesn't have that outlet of action in some ways. So it just kind of exhausts these energy systems that are unique to the position, right? And so I think being honest about how hard it is is really helpful. I love working for commanders that didn't act like they knew everything because it made me feel needed. You know, I remember a very senior military commander who you'd all right know is like, Clint, I, man, I haven't shot one of these in a long time. How do I use it? And it didn't diminish... If anything, I maybe want to work for him more because I, I I knew I was like one I knew I know he knew how to do it, but two he's just told me that he needs me and I can demonstrate value to him and I always want to be a value proposition. I love this, Clinton. You and I could go on for hours. Just I mean, listening to you talk I, about so I get a little passion. I get a little bit I mean, when I talk about it, like I love helping people become this heroic version of themselves. Like I abide by the Karish, the Cretan definition of heroism, which is to be of magnificent use to those who need you when they need you most. I mean, that's one of the reasons if you were to, if you were to in, uh, interview a Nazi general, what they would tell you is the reason they lost is because of Crete, because uh, it's the island of heroes. And, and they invaded Crete thinking they could get to Russia. And when you're in Russia, you're, you're either fighting the Russians or the Russian winner. You might beat the Russians. You're not going to be the Russian winner. And what they didn't anticipate in Crete is they didn't anticipate fighting everybody. They fought everybody, men and women, and and because Creed had this expectation that to be heroic is to uh, be of magnificent use to those who need you when they need you most. And so I tell people, it's like, man, <clears throat> what's the hero of you? Like, how do we figure out this heroic version of you? And, and I need the heroic version of you more than you need the heroic version of me, honestly. And because uh, every, everybody has the capacity for to, to be heroic, and it's fun to help people realize that. 
It's awesome. Clint, uh, I know our listeners want to hear more from you. Where can everybody find you online? I, I, yeah, I know so you're- I, I, yeah, I, I would. So technology and I, are, we're not great friends. Like I'm still trying to figure out my, my daughters. <laughs> I know you're on YouTube, man. I've, I've seen I some I told of my videos. daughters the other day, I was like, Hey, my Insta face isn't working. They're like, there's no <laughs> such thing as Insta face dad. But, um, so if anybody wants to like, when I say hear more, I, like I love visiting with people. Like I love learning from people too. But one of the things we did is we built this free app. And if you text the word undone, U N D O N E to the number five, 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 eight, 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 uh, U N D O N E to the number 555-888. It'll invite you onto this uh, app we call the Hold Fast Harbor. And the Hold Fast Harbor is like this curated library of experience and insight. And, and, it's, and it's shared. Like, I'm not the only contributor. Like, one of the neatest things is when I log in and, and, and read something that, a, you know, a senior enlisted uh, wrote about overcoming. I mean, that's those are the people that coach me, right? So, the whole fast harbor app is a lot of fun and a lot of ways to stay close to people. Awesome. I love it. Clint, I mean, a warrior, a leader, just a, a great human being. I, I can't wait to hear your answer to this one because, and this is a, this is a question I ask all of the guests on start with a win. Clint, our audience is dying to know here. How do you start with a win? Man, I love that question. So, so, so for me, um, you start with a win by knowing what a win looks like before you start, right? And and one of the things we visited about before we got on the call, we talked about transition. And one of the challenges with transition is we spend these seasons of our life hyper immersed environment where there's total clarity on what the win is, right? And the pursuit of that win at most is maybe a few days away. So as an athlete, you know, I got a, a I knew whether I won or lost like every twenty five seconds or, or or every series or at halftime or after the game, right? As a, as an operator in the military. It was at most a few days. Then you go in the private sector and, the, and you don't get that feedback loop. So the industry and some of those things impose those feedback loops on it. So we have to pair that score system with our own score system. So what I learned to do very quickly is I had to create this, I call it C4, and it was career, compete, contribute, and have a catalyst. And I had to create this language that was unique to me that I could look at at the end of the day go, hey, I won today, right? And we have to create this way to score ourselves effectively in the supply chain of uh, this ultimate thing we're wanting to do. Because I tell, you know, it's, it's like flying map of the earth, right? And all of a sudden you're in a cloud bank. And creating a language of, of, of well-thought-out, unique wins to you, it gives us that artificial horizon. And we know what happens when we try to find a low-visibility environment without a horizon. Like, we're going to hit something, Right. And creating that language of wins that's tuned to us and how we see the world and what it is we're trying to do and is thoughtfully kind of uh, um, teased out to where we can achieve those on on an hourly, daily, weekly basis, then we have the sole currency to stay in the fight, right? And to start with a win is to defining a win before you even start and then paying attention to those wins as I'm going on a long and long duration effort right i have to i have to feed my head heart soul and hands and feet you know i call it head heart hands and feet with a, a currency of effort that tells me whether i'm winning or not while i'm waiting to be told that i won by whatever it is i'm doing right i love it i mean this is this is amazing i mean it's I wrote down like one big word here that I took from what you talked about here. And that's, you are aware of your wins. And if you don't, if you're not aware, you're lost. 
Well, I got to be aware I wrote them down, right? Like, I, I, I agree to be measured by certain things based on what, I'm, what sport I'm participating in, but it's up to me to create this currency that's relevant that I measure myself by and score just as effectively, right? And, and, and when we manifest our skill, we know there's these little things that we do, and maybe we think we do it better than anybody else, and that's why we think we could be successful in that. But if we lose sight of those things along the way, that's why there's dotted lines. I mean, you look at, you know, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, like everything, there's a little bit of an incremental step towards that ultimate X, and we have to we have to measure those daily efforts, otherwise we just exhaust ourselves on, on all fronts. And then we exhaust those we love the most, we're trying to take care of the most, right? We have to know how to create a scorecard of wins that's achievable and measurable and that matters to us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Clint. We appreciate you being on uh, Start With a Win. All right. Y'all have a great one. Thanks for all you do. Hold fast. Stay true. All right. Thanks so much for listening to Start With a Win. If you'd like to ask Adam a question and uh, be on our next episode, hey, give us a call and leave us a message at 888-581-4430. Don't forget to go on to iTunes and subscribe, write a review, and rate the show. For more great content, head over to startwithwin.com, follow Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and remember, start with a win. Start with a win.